Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians. Welcome to The Seminarian Show. I'm Gordon Mott from the Great Diocese of Columbus, Ohio. Joining me are Dalton Irvin from Victoria, Texas, and Jonathan Torres from Charlotte, North Carolina. Let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, you gave us the the good and gracious gift of life. Help us to um, learn to appreciate your goodness that you exhibit to us in every day. Help us to be better communicators of the good news. Help us to fall more deeply in love with you and understand um, our role uh, in in your creation. Um, we ask this as we pray in the words that our Lord Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be thy, thy name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come, come thy, thy will be done, done on, on earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 So today, I thought that we would talk about the priesthood a little bit more in detail. In some other shows, we've talked about the uh, the sacraments, and, you know, in general, and the uh, in another show, we've, talk, we've spoken about vocations, but I don't think we've actually done one just about priesthood in itself. So I thought that that would be a good place to, to start and probably a good question to start that out with is why priests? The, um, for me personally, the, um, I mean, why priests? Well, because Jesus ordained them and it's right there. Um, the, uh, but it's, the world needs a particular kind of a public witness. Fulton Sheen was fond of talking about the priest as what he called an altar Christus, another Christ. And one of the, uh, a maxim that uh, one of my mentors taught me a while back was that uh, life is complicated and people are messy. And we tend to, you know, we, we tend to kind of get trapped in this very small world of our own thoughts and feelings and impressions and we tend to lose sight of the truth. And by that, I mean the capital T truth. And that's who we are in God's eyes. And, um, and you know, even the disciples in the midst of their, their confusion and, you know, after uh, the crucifixion of our Lord um, needed a road to Damascus moment to, to really, you know, and so it's that, that personal witness, that personal re- revelation that I think really speaks volumes about the importance of the priesthood in the world. Um, but for you guys, I guess, you know, if somebody asked you, why do we need priests? I mean, short of the obvious go-to, like the Eucharist is everything. <laughs> um, but like the ministerial life of a priest, why is that important in the world now? Well, because the Eucharist is everything. <laughs> <laughs> you went a thousand points for the correct answer. Well, no, and I think related to that silly answer, <laughs> if you want to call it that, the cliche, um, I think the idea of worship and sacrifice is vital to understanding why we need priests. I mean, you look at the Old Testament, ever since the beginning, man was sacrificing his fruits to God, but it was never enough. 
it was oh it always fell short to reconciling the great rift between God and man after the fall. And and this is not just contained in the Old Testament. I mean in countless ancient cultures we see sacrifice mm-hmm. and worship prevalent. Mm-hmm. So there's something in us that uh that is drawn to the idea of sacrifice and worship, a cult, as it were. That's mm-hmm. very natural to man. But it, throughout the Old Testament, we had this idea of man trying to claw his way back to God in a relationship to God through his sacrifice and worship. And like I said, it, it was never enough. It was We always fell short because man was so insignificant compared to God, who is so infinite mm-hmm. and who is infinite in dignity. And so our offense to him could never be mended. And so after Christ came, we had the perfect priest who was able to bring mankind back to God through his sacrifice on the cross. Mm-hmm. And so that is the perfect sacrifice to end all sacrifices. And so our sacrifice and worship changed in such a way after Christ dying on the cross to where now the mass is a is a representation of the of Christ's sacrifice on the cross and that's where the priest comes in is he stands in the place of Christ as you said an altar Christus he's an other Christ representing acting that same sacrifice that was done on Calvary 2000 years ago and so, it's that, that need for sacrifice and worship that is so innate in us is represented at Mass in a most perfect way uh, because it is, it is um, Christ's sacrifice on a cross, period. That's what it is. It's not a symbol. It, it, it is, as Catholics, we believe that metaphysically what's going on is that, um, that sacrifice of Christ on a cross, offering himself up to the Father, the perfect priest offering the perfect sacrifice to the perfect God, God the Father. And so that's a very um, uh, sacramental and theological way to say why would he priest? <laughs> but I well, think no, I like, that that's, that's it's a beautiful reality, right? Because the, um, well, I heard one priest describe the liturgy as God's love song to us, right? The, uh, we go through the, um, it, it, there's an ultimate truth that there is no such thing as not worshiping. That's uh, David Foster Wallace had a great meditation on that. He said everybody worships. Uh, what's up for debate is what they worship. You know, maybe they don't worship God; they worship power, and that's why they always mm. feel weak, or you know, the uh, or strength, and that's why they always feel afraid. The um, and so there, there's a necessity for worship, and there's a necessity for this encounter of God, and there's this necessity for God's love, right? But and that's another beautiful thing about the public witness of the priesthood itself is, you know, yes. So you have all these priests participating in the one perfect priesthood of Jesus Christ. Um, and one of the reasons for, you know, the manifestation of that ministry is because God loves you. Right. The, um, but when we're met with the encounter of the divine love or when we're met with this idea that God sacrificed his son for us, you know, the immediate question is like, why, right? Because what I've learned is that, you know, through the course of my life, I've been betrayed by people or, you know, I've been hurt or I've been abandoned. So I've learned that, that 
generally when someone says I love you, there's strings attached to it. And God, God who's much bigger than me, which means that's a love that's immeasurable, you know, but, but why, you know, and the answer is because I do. And we can find that hard to accept. And Pope John Paul II in his encyclical, uh, Pope St. John Paul II in his encyclical Redemptor Alminis wrote, he said, the man who wishes to understand himself thoroughly and not just in accordance with immediate, partial, often superficial, and even illusory standards and measures of his being, he must, with his unrest, uncertainty, and even his weakness and sinfulness, with his life and death, draw near to Christ. He must, so to speak, enter into him with all his own self. He must, quote, appropriate and assimilate the whole of the reality of the incarnation and redemption in order to find himself. If this profound process takes place within him, he then bears fruit not only of adoration of God, but also of deep wonder at himself. How precious must man be in the eyes of the creator? And then he says, you know, in reality, the name for that deep amazement at man's worth and dignity is the gospel, <laughs> you know, the, uh, which I love to meditate on the, uh, but you know, what about you, Dalton? The, uh, what's, what's inspirational, like, about the the priesthood, you know, and the importance of the priesthood in the world in terms of public witness that kind of just strikes you. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, much of what Jonathan said rings true as well. Um, the priest stands as a sign to this world um, that this world is not all we have, um, that there is something more. Uh, there is that infinite love of God. Um, and the priest stands as that altar Christus, as both of you have already said, um, in a way that Protestant ministers do not. Um, because, so there was, when I was in second pre-theology, so my philosophical, second year of philosophy studies at Holy Trinity in Dallas, we went on retreat, um, and one of the Dallas priests was uh, giving our weekend retreat. No, it was our five-day five day, uh, canonical retreat. Uh, silent retreat. We were in San Angelo, Texas, which there's nothing there anyways, so there's no reason to break the silence. But no, I'm joking. San Angelo is great. <laughs> Love San Angelo. A beautiful retreat center on the river, actually. Mm. Um, great place for meditation. But anyways, this priest um, is actually a pastoral provision priest. So he's a Catholic priest serving at a parish in Dallas, um, but is married with quite a few kids. I forget how many. Um, but anyways, he was talking to us uh, specifically about celibacy and the priesthood. And he said, we have to get over this fact that Catholic priests, or this idea that Catholic priests are not married because they need to give time to the people, that they're not married because they need to be available at night to go be mm -hmm. with families. They're not married, not having children, because they need to be administrators of their parish. He said, Protestant ministers are doing it with families, happy families, married, bunch of kids. They're doing it oftentimes better than mm -hmm. Catholic priests are. They're uh, managing the, the church better. Yeah. They preach better. So if this is going to be your excuse, I'm sorry. I just got to tell you, you're wrong. <laughs> and we were sitting there, oh, no, uh, my <laughs> whole life people have told me that's why priests aren't getting married. Um, and then he kind of dropped the truth bomb. He said, priests are not married because they stand as signs of Christ to a world who is forgetting him. Oh, I like that. Hang on. We go to a, a break real fast. We'll come right back to that. 
You're listening to The Seminarian Show on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. You can hear this show every Saturday at 11.30 and Sunday at 1 p.m. and in the audio archives at stgabrielradio.com. I'm Gordon Mott from the Great Diocese of Columbus, Ohio. Joining me are Jonathan Torres from the beautiful Diocese of Charlotte and Dalton Irvin from somewhere in Texas. No, it's Victoria, it's wonderful. It is pretty okay, nice. Okay, so Jonathan, you were talking about the priest, uh, the priest as a visible sign in the world. I think Dalton was. Or Dalton, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, the priest standing as a sign of Christ in a world that is forgetting him. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is in many many ways obviously that the priest stands for that obviously as the hands that bring us the eucharist um there's the beautiful christmas meditation from saint augustine on the hands of the priest being like the womb of the blessed virgin mary Mm. where christ becomes incarnate upon the altars um, where the word becomes flesh again for us beautiful meditation and only in the hands of the priest i love augustine but i've never i've never heard of that i think uh, city of god maybe i don't know nice something like that but it's a meditation on priests the hands the hands being like the womb i'll take that to prayer yeah i mean it's a beautiful it's a beautiful image christmas i actually got it from a charlotte priest father john allen did you told me that one time in a christmas (laughs) in a christmas voicemail oh wow yeah um look at that to continue to persevere and pursuing the priesthood that these hands may one day be um, like the womb of the Virgin Mary, bringing wow. the incarnate word of Christ to the world. Dropping a truth bomb on over the over voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but this is what the priest does. This is what he is. Um, mm-hmm. That's why priesthood is a vocation and not a career. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not a job for the priest to shepherd a flock. Yeah. But it is his life. Yeah. That's why at ordination he lays his life down on the floor. Um, before the crucifix. Yeah. And I, I like your meditation on, or your point on celibacy and how uh, it's not just a practical reason. Yeah. Um, it is, if our sexuality is integral to us, then we need to be expressing it in a joyful way that's mm-hmm. going to orient ourselves to God. And that's what yeah. married people do in marriage. And a priest does the same exact thing. It's not this, like Father Murphy would say, you know, gritting your teeth and yeah, white, white knuckle, knuckling yeah. it through and saying, oh, I can't get married and... I'm going to fight this suffering for it. That's not the way to look at it. Yeah. It's supposed to be this joyful expression of yourself Yeah, um, in imitating Christ. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I yeah, think we, good, always, good we always talk about this giving up. We give up wife and children. Right. Well, no, we embrace a celibate exactly, life. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's supposed to be joyful. And yeah. It's a reorientating of your entire self. Like I'm not living enjoy. in a total absence all the time. Like I have something that they don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a positive exactly. thing. Yeah. Um, and that's often overlooked or forgotten. Yeah. Or not cared about. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, if if we look at celibacy as a thing that we give up, then that's, you're already lost. Because well, don't you're looking, give up the celibacy. I mean, no, no, no. Like, hold on. <laughs> give up the marriage. <laughs> I mean, like, you're, you're giving up, you know, <laughs> please marital persevere. intimacy, right? The uh, Then you're already viewing the priesthood from a negative standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. The, uh, you you have to look at it as not, you know, I'm giving something up. It's that my radical self-donation, you know, my the spousal love that we have as priests, or that we hope to have as priests, is toward God and His Church, right? The um, which is total, which is total giving up. Like I give up my entire self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that in giving we receive. So when we give our entire selves, we receive right. so much more back. And and on top of that too, it's not like we're giving and 
married couples are not giving. Yeah. They are also giving of themselves oh, yeah. totally. Totally to the other. Exactly. Yeah. So the, um, well, and you know, talk about this visible sign, right? So in, there's a, a, a document issued by the congregation for the clergy called the directory for the life and ministry of priests. And it's, it's beautiful. I, I enjoy to meditate on it from time to time. And so it says, thus the ministerial priesthood renders tangible the actual work of Christ, the head and bears witness to the fact that Christ has not separated himself from his church, but continues to give life to her through his everlasting priesthood. For this reason, the church considers the ministerial priesthood, a gift given to her through the ministry of some of the faithful, you know, the, uh, and that's, I mean, it's kind of spot on, but that's what you guys have been talking about too, with this, this idea mm-hmm. of a visible sign, you know, because we tend to sometimes forget that Christ is not distant. The father is not distant, you know, the, uh, they're there with you, you know, and this, uh, that Catholicism, Christianity as a whole, but especially Catholicism, you know, through our ability to receive Christ really and truly actually in the Eucharist, you know, is a profound and intimate union. And it's the, the priest that makes that manifest through his cooperation with, you know, with Christ, you know, and that's one of these fun little tricks I love to pull on, uh, you know, confirmation kids is, you know, how many priests are there in the world? They're like, Oh, I don't know. Like a billion. And it's like, try less, you know? <laughs> oh, what? Like a hundred million. Like try less a million. Try less. And that's when that, that's when they know something's up, you know, and it's like 500,000. No, the one. correct statistical answer is 444,000 something. Yes. <laughs> I remember seeing that recently. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one because all priests participate or in one. the one priesthood yeah. of Jesus Christ, <laughs> you know? That'd yeah. be a real vocation crisis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how many pa- how many parishes does that one priest have? That is. I wonder which that one is the they consortium to be over. consortium. Which one would they leave open? St. Peter's, St. <laughs> Patrick's in New York City. <laughs> It'd have to be a big one. The Vatican. We'll, the we'll Vatican. give it to. Saint That's Peter's. pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty big. It is. <laughs> the, uh, you know, and, and even talking about like that spousal relationship that the priest has with the church, right? The, uh, you go back again to the director for life and ministry of the priest. It says his identity springs forth from the ministerium verbi et sacramentorum, you know, oh. the, the ministry of the word and of the sacrament, which is an essential relationship with the mystery of the salvific love of the father, with the priestly being of Christ who personally chooses and calls his ministers to be with him and with the gift of the spirit who communicates to the priest, the necessary force for giving life to a multitude of children of God called together in his one people and journeying toward the kingdom of the father. You know, your world, your family doesn't stay size one just because you're a celibate, you know, and you're not giving up a family of five. You're getting a family of 500 or 5,000, you know, the, uh, a lot of dinners you got to cook. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Bring home the bacon. Bring home the bacon. The uh, so then, okay. So we've talked about the the need for priests and you know priestly witness in the world. Um, so then, like maybe, and I, Dalton touched a little bit on this. What's the difference between priests and ministers? Like if we're talking about, well, you know, the minister at a at a Protestant church and the way that they give witness, right? Because we're all called to do the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, and you see a lot of them doing that in really wonderful ways. The um, so, you know, is it all just bound up in just the simple fact that the the priest is a, a visible witness of the fact that Christ never left us, or is there something else? Yeah, I think. I mean, Dalton 
sum, summed it up pretty well. But to expound on it, the priest is a sacramental sign. Uh, he is an altar Christus. And his ordination by a bishop can trace its roots all the way back to the apostles. Mm-hmm. Um, Protestant ministers can't claim that. They can't claim that authority of Christ as an altar Christus. Um, their sacramental power, aside from baptism in most cases. Yeah, I mean, um, but we can be ministered. Does minister at its root of whatever Greek word it comes from, because I forget. But <laughs> it means servant, right? to be a yeah, servant. Exactly. And we're all called to be ministers exactly. in that sense. Yeah, but a priest is something more. And, mm-hmm. and so that's where that uh, distinction comes in. The uh, There's another great kind of a thing out of the directory. Um, Gordon has more books. I, it is insane the number of books I that I, I have. I can barely bring in I, all my notes. I bring in my folder and my phone, <laughs> yeah. and Gordon brings his library. I, I, <laughs> hey, to be fair, I think I, I, well, I put some of my books into storage, so I think there's only 300 books in my room right okay. now. So, okay. That's um, good. But it says, uh, insofar as he unites the family of God and brings church communion into being, well aware of the great gift of his vocation, becomes the pontifex, he who unites man to God, becoming the brother of his fellow men in the self-same act in which he wishes to be their pastor, father, and friend. In this manner, the priest placed at the service of the people of God will present himself as an expert in humanity, a man of truth and communion, a witness of the solicitude of the only shepherd for each and every member of his flock. The community will be able to count on his availability, his work of evangelization, and above all, his faithful and unconditional love. The manifestation of this love will mainly be his dedication in preaching, in the celebration of the sacraments, especially Eucharist and penance, and in spiritual direction as a means for helping discern the signs of God's will. Like, and it says, you know, revealing himself at all times as priest. He will therefore exercise his spiritual mission with kindness and firmness, humility and a, spiritual, and a spirit of service, opening himself to compassion, participating in the sufferings inflicted upon men by the various forms of poverty, spiritual and material old and new and it's like again like you just read that you're like wow you know there was a take it to prayer there yeah he got to oh it's wonderful but there was a part in there kind of maybe the third or fourth sentence saying that the priest would be an expert in humanity that's very interesting Hmm. to me because like i'd say the vast majority of people expect the priest not to be an expert in humanity but an expert in divinity Hmm. to understand theology and to be able to bring god to man but in fact, the priest is also bringing man to God exactly yeah. as the head, yeah, as the the um, Christ the head, right? That's very flock. sacramental, yeah, in that sense of um, taking matter and sanctifying it and bringing mm-hmm. it to God, culminating in the mass. But I mean, with all the sacraments with and everything, everything we do, yeah, with yeah. everything, with emotions, with yeah, with attending to the dying, with mm-hmm. baptizing, with educate catechesis yeah. of the the school children I and like adults. That. Um, that the priest must be an expert in humanity in order to sanctify yeah. them. There was a great... Um, you can't sanctify what you don't know. There was a great yeah. uh, uh, comparison, I can't remember where it's from, where uh, the, the, there was this, I think it was a philosopher, who likened the priest to an artist. Because an artist takes matter and is able to manipulate it in such a way that it leads others to think about higher things. Mm. And the priest does something similar when he takes like the bread and wine, the water, the oil, right? He takes these Mm -hmm. things that are crude matter and then through God's grace and the invocation of the Holy Spirit, he's able to bring it to where we 
are able to transcend this world too. Yeah. So it's yeah. Grace builds on nature. Grace, yeah. Well, there's Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, and there's this this saying that we've we've heard a thousand times in the church, right? That Christ reveals man to himself, right? And I mean, essentially, that's what we're talking about here. Is like if the priest is called to be an expert in humanity, really, you know, it's it's talking about helping people understand their revelation of themselves in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, we've only got a little bit left, so let's maybe deal with one of these kind of age old questions. Why do we call priests father? Right. Mm. The, uh, but honestly, I feel like a lot of that is tied up in, you know, the way that radical self donation is expressed by virtue of the priesthood. Right. Because like, so in the letter of St. John, uh, the first letter of John to the apostles, we have, um, this great line, my little children love not in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Like, wait a minute, he's calling grown men my little children, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, you have Jesus, you know, saying, unless you become like one of these little ones. No, Mm -hmm. he's not telling you to be infantile, right? The, uh, but rather that there's virtue, you know, in this idea of accepting yourself as beloved child in the father's eyes. Well, and just logically, if the priest is the, if the church is the priest's spouse and we make up the church and that would make the priest our father. And I th- logic yeah. one hundred and one. I gotta, yeah. I gotta see. Plus. Oh yeah. And then well, we, <laughs> we trust Jonathan for logic and, then I and think, philosophy. Doesn't Saint Paul say, "I call myself your father because of the work that I've begotten in you"? Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I mean, there yeah. you go. Even though Jesus says, "Call no man father," Saint Paul comes to him and says, "I call myself your father, not because I am your biological father, but because of the spiritual life I've." Yeah, yeah exactly. You. So that's why. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> well, I mean, well, we take people tend to take that verse face value, right? Like, call no man father. Oh, that just means that. It's like, no, put nobody above God. Yeah, exactly. right. And that's one of the g- tremendous contributions the priesthood makes to the world. Mm-hmm. We're, priesthood isn't put above the people. Like, oh, we'll come worship the priest, right? Like, no. The whole point of this is that we are supposed to be conduits of the divine love, yeah. So that you can then turn your eyes upward to the Father and meet. His divine gaze exactly. of loving and you know, and really come to to accept your true identity as beloved. Well, I think that'll do it for today. So, uh, thanks for joining us for today's seminarian show. You can hear this show every Saturday at eleven thirty and Sunday at one p.m. and in the audio archives at saintgabrielradio.com. Let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we, uh, we give you thanks for the gift of life. Help us to always internalize uh, who we are in your eyes, to accept our identity as beloved, and to joyfully engage our lives in the worlds around us out of that, that love and affirmation. And help us to share it always. We ask all this in your most holy and perfect name. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of the Seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.